You are listening to Polcast Sweden, brought to you by Silla, Tess and Jess. Du lyssnar på Polcast Sweden med Silla, Tess och Jess. Welcome to the first episode of Polcast Sweden in English. Today we are chatting with a huge inspiration for a lot of pole dancers. The destroyer of poles. Mother of Susans. Inventor of pole lols. Challenge creator. Dan Rosen. So, when I first contacted Dan about the interview, he was happy to do it on one condition. No questions about his favorite tricks or how he started pole. So, we listened. And you'll see the result of it. He took some time from his busy schedule and came directly from his own training to log on to a video link to talk to us on Polkost Sweden. Hi, Hi Dan! So I literally just came straight from a conditioning class. I'm still sweaty from It's that. our tough questions about your favorite tricks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. definitely don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm even like, do you know the like, oh, um, how did you get into pole? I'm a bit like... <laughs> yeah, but I understand that for you it's, uh, it's a tired yeah, question. Yeah, I have to answer all the time. I'm used. In Sweden, we don't really know. It's one of those things. My story is just really boring. I wish it was more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but we have some other questions prepared as well. Yeah, don't worry, that's cool. We're not super good at sticking to script, so we gave you some questions in advance, but it might be other ones popping up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, just ask me what you want. I don't mind. <laughs> We're really glad to have you with us. It's, it's super big for me because you are one of my biggest inspirations in pole and I've Aww. also been taking the pole destroyers uh, with you conditioning Yay. class and I love it why weren't you in class a minute ago huh <laughs> where were you we just had a class where were you <laughs> I'll be back doing my conditioning and the ultimate package next time the pole cost Sweden it's uh, we're trying to have a kind of a low-key approach okay we just want to show different angles of pole dance and pole fitness And uh, mm -hmm. you are a huge uh, part of the pole community. And oh, we're thanks. so happy that you take the time to hang out with us for a while. Yeah, no worries at all. We have a little thing prepared that we didn't send to you in advance. Okay. Jessica has prepared some quick questions. And quick answers to the questions. No thinking time. Are you ready? Okay, wait. Go. Dogs or cats? Dog. Coffee or tea? Neither. I hate both. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. With Nutella. Phone call or text? Text. Online shopping or shopping in a store? Online shopping. And now for a big one. Toilet paper, over or under? Over. Oh God, under. That's a crime. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Uh, cups in a cupboard, right side up or upside down? Oh, God, that really caught me off guard. Uh, right side up. Train or plane? Plane. Meat or vegetables? Vegetables. Save or spend? Save. Heels or barefoot? Heels. Flexibility or strength? 
strength. Static or spinny? Please don't I hang knew up. knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I can't decide. I knew that. I have to have both. I love both. Well, it's better than the coffee and the tea where you hated both. Yeah, I don't. I, do you know what? I never in my whole life have liked either. I will have a coffee every now and then. But I have coffee where it's like, um, what's it called? Like a, maybe a cappuccino or a latte where it's very milky. I couldn't drink black coffee. I, I've tried and I absolutely hate it. It just tastes horrible. And tea just, yeah, it's just not for me. My husband likes tea. He drinks tea, but I'm not really into it. How's that working out, being English and not liking tea? Yeah, well, no, I'm literally, whenever whenever you go around people's houses, we have tea, but I just have like, I'd have a hot chocolate. I like hot chocolate, but I don't really drink those often either. No, just just me and my, my juice. So Dan, would you mind telling us how you fell into pole dancing? So basically like a long, long, long time, long time ago now. How long? Um, 2008. And um, so, yeah, so 2008, I basically uh, went to a club near to where I live and they had these poles in one of the rooms there. And there were these two people pole dancing on them. It was a guy and a girl and they were doing these tricks. But back then, it was like they were doing chopper, butterflies. So like chopper, butterflies. I mean, they might have done flatline. Maybe I saw a suit man. I was like, so I literally went straight over to them. I was like, right, I need to know. Like, how did you do that? I want to learn how to do that. And they taught me how to do a chopper. And because they taught me how to do it, I was like, right. I just did it all night. Literally all night I was on that pole doing chopper, chopper, chopper. And the next day I just, I hurt so much. I was like, oh my God, my body is dying. I was like, I need to maybe look into this for like, you know, like a workout. So I looked up local studios and I found like one like studio who offered it and I just started going classes there and it kind of just gradually built from there really. Did you have any background from dancing or other workouts? No, I think when when I was a kid, I think I um, would have really enjoyed learning gymnastics. I think I feel like, because I could always do a cartwheel. Like, do you know what I mean? I was able to do like backwards. Natural mover. Was, yeah, I was a natural mover. But like I I was in the wrong home environment, I would say. Like we just, pretty much all of my, none of my family is sporty at all. So yeah, it just, I was, I'm literally the, the dark horse when it comes to my family. I'm the only one who teaches any form of exercise. Like no one else in my family even goes to the gym, let alone like, <laughs> let alone does it for like a living. And yeah, so I've always kind of been in an environment where it wasn't really a thing that we did. I did do a few dance classes and then we ended up moving home. So I must have done literally like six weeks worth of dance classes when I was a kid, but it was, um, I can't remember the style it was called, but yeah, I literally did it for six weeks and then we moved home. So I was like, Ugh, and I just got out of it and I never got back into it. But yeah, so no, no gymnastics, dance or any background like that. And how far into your pole journey did you open your own studio? Oh, um, oh fuck, that's a really good question. I don't remember what day it was. <laughs> oh God, I can't remember. I mean, the studio has been open for about eight years. So let's do the maths on that. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. So yeah, five, probably about five or six years into my journey, I started. Um, I started with that. So I started with the studio, but I started 
kind of part-time. I just had like a room that I hired and I just taught classes on like a Tuesday and Thursday. I kind of did it alongside my other job. And then what, I- What's your other it. job? It was working in education in the UK. Do you have apprenticeships where you are? Have you heard of what an apprenticeship is? Uh, no, not really. So an apprenticeship is where you um, you work and you learn. So you- Oh, like a like, trainee. Yeah, it's like teaching and training. So you basically, you work at a workplace and then you go to college maybe once a week. Okay. But you work full time in like um, horse care, um, agriculture, like outdoor type stuff. Because uh, for many years I used to work with horses. So before that I worked with horses um, up until I was like, I think I was like 18 or something like that. Like literally from when I left school. And no, I must have been about 19. So yeah, for a few years I worked with horses. Um, and then I realized I didn't want to work with horses because I hated being outside in the winter. <laughs> I hated the cold. And um, I just knew that I would never make a living working with horses. So I was like, right, okay, I'm going to go and find an office job. And I just, I think I felt very lost. I was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And just naturally things happened and I found pole. And then that was kind of, where life started for me really but did you when you found pole because you, like you said you started out uh, finding a nearby studio and uh, going to classes when was the actual leap to have it as a living so i started the pole classes and then i started i left and started my own studio because what happened was i basically the place where i started classes um was in an area called stevenage and that's where i used to go to pole classes And then I moved out of home and I went to live with a friend who was in another area called Hemel Hempstead. And that was about a, like an hour away. Um, so I was like, right, I don't want to travel an hour because back then I wasn't making really any money. So like I had no money to really spend on pole. I could just about afford to go to like one class a week. So I was like, well, I can't afford to drive there and drive back and pay for the class. I was like, so I'm going to try and find something nearby. And I just, I found one class, but it was more of a burlesque style pole class. It was like routines. They had like feather boas and stuff. It was so funny. It just wasn't for me at all. It was, it was more focused on, it was like Hindus. They used to do like hen parties and stuff. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was, I went there once and I was like, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> so I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to find my own premises. So I found um, a place where I could use. And um, I just hired it two days a week. And then I did that and my full-time job together for a little while. And then, yeah, I literally, I just made the, the switch to go part-time. So I went part-time at my full-time job. So I was like part-time pole, part-time at this office. And then it just got to a point where my career, because I'd been competing, I'd started teaching workshops on weekends. So I was literally like teaching workshops on the weekends. I was then doing my normal part-time job. Then I was doing my pole job. I was literally just getting no rest time at all. So I just decided to take the leap and I, yeah, I just left my job and I started on my own. So you competed a lot? Yeah, <laughs> quite a lot. I've got, I've probably won about 12 or 13 competitions and I didn't win all of the competitions I did, obviously. So you can only imagine how many competitions. I reckon probably in total, I must have done about, I won probably yeah like 13 or four, like 13 competitions and I probably did about 20 you know so I did a lot a lot of competitions 
That's amazing. In Sweden, we kind of have a lack of competitions. We only have the IPSF uh, uh, championships. You don't have PSO there? No, we don't. Oh, I th- oh of course. If, you know what I think? I was thinking Switzerland, but it's not Switzerland, it's Sweden. Well, you're not the first one to mix us up. Oh, really? Hold on. I'm going to kick these lot out because they're making lots of noise. Hold on. Nu skjutsar alltså Dan ut hundarna. Då han tyckte de störde lite mycket i intervjun. Men de var väldigt fina. Ja, verkligen. Och fint att också att han gick ut här i ett par pole hotpants. Okay, I'm back. We were just commenting on your ass. On my ass? <laughs> oh yeah, of course I've got shorts on. <laughs> so funny. I literally left my shorts on because I was like, I'm so hot. I was like, they're not going to see my legs anyway. <laughs> Thanks, dogs. <laughs> okay, so pre-COVID, did you do any online courses? No, no, pre... What's really funny, the funniest part of all of this, pre-COVID, I used to think online was just like, stupid I was like why are people teaching online no one's going to do anything online because actually pre-covid no one wanted to do anything online it was very rare that anyone did anything online and the companies that were doing online stuff I knew they weren't doing very well like I knew they weren't making any money because before covid no one wanted to take the plunge to try and see what it was like having to train at home all the time and then covid forced everyone everyone had to train at home and then many people were like actually this isn't that bad <laughs> they were like, this is actually not so bad if you can commit to training at home you can actually get quite a lot out of it and um and that was the turning point and and then at first when i first started teaching online when when covid first happened and i started teaching online at first i'm going to be really honest i hated it i really didn't like it i thought it was really hard to do i just couldn't I'm so used to being in a room with people and connecting to people. So because obviously I was like, I wasn't in this house at the time, um, but like my pole was over there and the screen was here. So I couldn't see everyone. I couldn't see their facial expressions. I didn't know if they were enjoying it. I didn't know if they were loving it. Um, So it was just really stressful at first. And then I just decided, I was like, do you know what, Dan? Just like teach what feels good. And if they love it, they'll they'll come back. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they'll tell you if they don't like it. I was constantly like, oh, is everyone enjoying themselves? Is everyone having fun? And people were like, yeah, it's really good. So I was just a bit like, no one says they're enjoying it. So why are you worried about, because I'm so used to gauging whether people are enjoying themselves from their facial expression. And because I couldn't see their faces, I was like, I hate this so much. So I was just like, oh, and now I just take it off of the vibe that I feel when I'm doing it. Like if I'm enjoying it, the lighting this is, the person doing the class is also enjoying it. Yeah, so because it's always, I mean, the world has been very affected of the whole pandemic, of course. But it's uh, nice to hear some kind of sunshine stories. Uh, yeah. Because the COVID actually brought the pole community a bit closer together. Yeah. Not, uh, not in person, of course, but uh, we all connected and a lot of them connected through you. Yeah. And, uh, It's amazing. Oh, what, oh, you mean from the challenge that we did? Challenges and your yeah. polls uh, community. Yeah, true. Yeah, I agree with that in part. I think in some ways it did split some people apart. I don't know if you noticed, but during COVID, there was obviously, probably not, you wouldn't have noticed it from any groups that I run or anything, because obviously it's all of the stuff that I do is about spreading like positivity and having fun. But I felt like on Instagram, it could be a bit of a horrible place. I don't know if you agree with that. Like, I found that lots of people were arguing during COVID. 
especially like, because obviously during COVID, we had Black Lives Matter, all of this sort of stuff. And that caused a lot of arguments. And I was just like, oh God, this is horrible. Like, I really didn't like it. But, um, but then obviously there was parts like when we did the challenge and there was loads of us doing that challenge when it was like the first ever January challenge. And I felt like it brought so many of us together. Yeah, so I think it depends where you look, doesn't it? Like it depends where about you're looking as to what, what sort of experience I guess you would have had. But there was some good and there was some bad that came out of everyone being at home, I think. Yeah, of course. And then the pole destroyers were born. Yeah, that was after the challenge, obviously. So we did the January challenge and then we did fuck it up February. And then I was like, okay. And everyone was like, oh, we need to keep going. And I was like, okay. So well, if you want to keep going, great. Because at the time I was, I, I genuinely, it's very, very funny because lots of people, I think, thought that I had, um, I'd planned the January challenge and that the January challenge was all part of a big plan. But actually, I think the reason it went so well is because the the whole thing was truly genuine. Because for me, I'd just gotten to a point where I was so depressed with being at home. I was eating constantly. I'd gained so much weight. And I was like, I need to do something. I was like, I need to do something at home. I was like, the gyms were closed. So I was like, well, what can we do? And I was like, well, do you know what? I'm going to condition every day in January on my own. I'll do it. I was like, but I'm not going to do it on my own because I know what I'm like. I'm so bad. I, I know if I'd said I'll do it, I wouldn't have done it. So I thought, well, how can I commit myself? I was like, well, why don't I just make a small group of a few of us that will all do it together? And if I'm honest, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be unpopular. I knew that some people would do it. I thought maybe about 100 or 200 people would do it. And then 10,000 people later, I was like, oh, oh my wow, God. okay. I was like, this is very, very popular. and. Um, I learned so many things from that January challenge about technology, about you know how to run online classes, and it just taught me a lot. And then obviously it just opened up a lot of doors for me. I remember this challenge actually. Uh, I didn't take part in I it, did. but I I know. <laughs> She's like I did. <laughs> but I really remember, and I really really appreciate your honesty before it. Because I actually remember um, if it was your story or if it was some kind of content on your Instagram where you talked about you and the feelings yeah. you had towards your body that you didn't really recognize it at the moment. Yeah. And I think that is so healthy to hear. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful that you did. I think it's important for people to know that like... Um not all of the big name pole dancers have good bodies like um especially for me and I what feel is like a good all... body yeah well this is it what is a good body i mean my body does everything that i want it to do so i consider myself to have a good body right but it doesn't have that aesthetic look that people expect from a fitness person and i think that's so much of what i'm trying to change people's views on I'm not overweight, you know, but I'm also, I'm also not ripped. I'm not like, I don't have crippling abs. Like, do you know what I mean? Because I enjoy food. Can you hear this? What is wrong with my animals today? Roxy, what's wrong? Come here. <laughs> what's wrong? Can you say hello? I'm going to kick her out as well. Go on, go and, go and bother Mitch. Right, now the cat's gone. Now now no animals will interrupt us. Isn't that like a saying? Now the cat's out of the bag? Cat's out of the bag, yeah. <laughs> now the cat's out of the kitchen. What was I saying? I was saying about 
how your body doesn't look as expected from a fitness person? I think within pole, I'm probably, yeah, like out of all the big names, I guess, I'm probably the most unfit looking, but actually I don't really get injuries. Like I look after my body. I just, the reason actually I started pole and the reason why I've ever exercised is because I love to eat. Like, I'm being really honest with you. Me and my husband, we don't like to drink. We don't smoke. We don't do drugs. We don't like going out partying. But do you know what we do love? We love going out for meals with our friends and enjoying good food. That's what we like to do. So for me, exercise has always been about trying to keep myself fit and healthy, but also just trying to deal with some of the damage that I do on the weekends when I'm out eating all this amazing food, right? So But I think it's super important um, as well. And I think the reason why I've been so, um, and I've done well within my career is because people, um, when people look at my body, they think, do you know what I can, I don't know the best way to explain this. (laughs) I feel like people look at me and think, you know what, he's got a really normal looking shape. He doesn't look unrealistic. He's obviously strong. He looks healthy. He, you know, he's, obviously likes to eat food or whatever, but look, he's still doing all this crazy stuff on the pole. I think it makes people look a bit more relatable. The problem is, is that when you are a pole dancer that is doing all these crazy tricks, your body is crazy. You're in the gym every day. You're on the pole five hours a day. It actually doesn't inspire people. Funnily enough, I think many people assume that being like that is inspiring but actually if anything it's demotivating for many people because people who have a normal life and a normal job they can't train like that and they can't look like that because they can't train for that many hours because they have a normal life whereas for someone who is like a full-time professional pole dancer they have the time to be able to do that do you know what I mean but I wouldn't even necessarily say I am a you know like a pole professional in that sort of sense like when I think of like professional pole dancers who literally train all day every day that's not me like I'm I still think it's more like my hobby <laughs> do you know what I mean even though I am a professional polar I think of it as like no nah, it's just my hobby still <laughs> but I know that if I was like when I follow fitness people I like to follow people who are really kind of like realistic not people who are going to give me unrealistic um like not showing me the real side of their lives do you know what I mean I want people to see yeah do you know what I've won all these competitions I do really well on pole I've I trained really hard but do you know what I also like anyone else suffer with mental health every now and then I gain weight I lose weight I go through troubles in my life like anybody else does and I hate that people on Instagram are so fake and they don't tell anyone about that because I'm like, listen, if, do you know what? If I'm having a shit day, guess what? I'm going to tell you all about it. Because I want you to know that I have shit days too. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I want people to know that I have bad days too. So they feel a bit more normal. I think that's why people relate to me maybe a bit better. Back to the pole destroyers again. Because I'm so fascinated by the, <laughs> the fact that you have found a way to make conditioning fun. Well, I decided with the conditioning, I was like, if we're going to do 31 days, I was like, we can't just do pull-ups 31 days. I can't just do shoulder mounts 31 days. I was like, we have to do fun stuff. 
So I literally sat down, I must have been sat down for hours every week, just trying to like, I was looking on Instagram, I was thinking of things I've done before. And I was like, how can we turn that into conditioning exercise? And I was like, what themes could we do? Like we could maybe have, obviously we have musical themes, but like, you know, what themes could we do? Maybe we'll do like a high rep this day. And then this day we'll do maybe like a hit star workout. And then it kind of just gradually built in something. And then I was like, well, how can we condition with heels? And how can we condition with ankle weights? And now there must be like all the different themed workouts. I think there's about 40 of them. There's about 40 different theme workouts now. And I'm always trying to think of new ones. I love the names. Like Burn Me Bitch, Floors Lava. Hey Siri. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey Siri, exactly. Little things like this. I think if people, because really and truly people actually don't want to condition, right? Conditioning is an essential part of our pole journey. But it's also the least fun part. No one wants to be conditioning. They want to be learning new tricks. Of course they do. And I do understand that. So I just thought, right, how can I make it so that they can do conditioning from home at a reasonable price where they can, because the thing is to really, for some bodies, once a week in a pole class for five minutes is just not enough. For some people, it can be enough because they have like backgrounds in fitness or whatever. So for them, it is okay just to do a little bit of conditioning class. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> oh, bless, bless you. Prosit. Yeah, so, so for, some, for some people, yeah, to do one class a week and to, you know, um, to do like conditioning in your pole class for five minutes. For some people, that's actually enough and they'll notice a difference. But there are some people who have that type of body where strength does not come naturally to them and they have to really work hard at it. So they're the people who try to come two to three times a week because they know that yeah fine conditioning sucks but we're going to have fun it'll be 40 minutes of their day and then they're done and not only that it's good exercise because we get a really good sweat on so it's really good cardio as well so it has a multitude of benefits but i think a lot of the people who have stayed have stayed because they've seen such great results that they just can't stop now because if they stop it'll just disappear again you know so yeah And it's also very um, time efficient because you're at home and you work out for like 40 minutes to an hour tops. Or is it? Right. Yeah. And then you're done and you're at home. It's really comfy and you have not much of an excuse not to do it. And I think the thing is as well is that, like I said, because if I did this as a studio class, I'd have to charge to be able to cover my studio costs and stuff. I'd have to charge a minimum of 10 pounds. No one wants to spend 10 pounds on conditioning, not per class. Like it's, it's one of those things that you think, I'm not going to spend that on it because I just hate doing it. But if it's cheap and it's from home and it's convenient, people are like, mm, okay, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you pay, actually, you, you tend to attend. Yeah, we just have fun. I just want the polar stories to be about having fun and like not caring if you get your shoulder mount today or tomorrow or next month, just being about like, well, do you know what? Like I'm having a good time. So it doesn't actually matter. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what's most important to me is that people, whether they improve straight away or not, they, they still got something from it. And what would you say to those who are nervous about attending their first online class or jumping into the pole destroyers? I mean, I would say this about any any class, really, whether it be pole destroyers or anyone else's class or even a normal class. It's just that, 
you just have to take that first leap. And if it's an online class and you're the type of person that's quite shy, you don't have to have your camera on. You know, you can keep your camera off. And when your camera's off, you can kind of watch and pick up the vibe of the class and just see whether it's a vibe that works for you. And if it does, then turn your camera on and have fun. And that's the thing is, is that within our community, no one's sitting at the screen watching you. Well, they better freaking not be anyway, because they should be on the pole working out with us. <laughs> so do you know what I mean? So like no one sat watching you because the, the cameras are really for my my use. So when you lot are all working out, I sometimes just come just to check there's no questions and just to check people are doing it correctly um, and just to shout at you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it, really. I was um, a bit nervous to begin with just because of the English part, because I didn't know that we would be muted, all of us, but obviously, otherwise it would be a, an amazing sound. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, oh my God, crazy. it'd be hectic. <laughs> Um, but that wasn't uh, a big deal. I just got used to it so fast uh, training with you and it's also so much fun. And I got so proud when you called out my name, when you shouted at me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah whenever I always try to do that and I think it's really important in any style class. Like if you see someone doing something good, I like to praise it because it doesn't matter whether you're a child or an adult. It's nice to know you're doing something good. So in my classes, if someone's doing something, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, Jess, that like it's beautiful, good work. Like keep going. Like, and you know what? It sounds so stupid, but if you had a bad day and you're in a class and it's not been the greatest of day, and your teacher says, "Yes, Jess, go on, keep going. You're doing so good. You look amazing. Keep going." It makes you think, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna keep going." And it makes it, it's such a small thing to say, but it could actually change someone's day and just make them feel a little bit better. So I think it's really important. And I always try to do that throughout class because um, I think things like that for some people are really important. was for me. Made my day. We wanted to ask you about pole camps. What pole camp would you recommend? Your your favorite? My My favorite camp is mountain pole camp. It's the camp that um, I can't pick any flaws in it. I'm... I'm very picky with what I like when I go away. There's there's many things like when you go away, isn't there, where it's like maybe the hotel was okay, but it wasn't perfect. Or especially with pole camps, it's like you might have a really good hotel, but the studio is not great. Or you might have a really good studio, but the hotel's not great. And there's always something you can be like, it was good, really good, but this wasn't perfect. Whereas with this, pole, mountain pole camp, it's literally, it's perfect. Years ago, they used to have X stages and it wasn't perfect then. And the first year that I went, they got real poles, like proper floor to ceiling poles. And these poles are huge. Um, and it's just perfect. And I, I always, I'll be, <laughs> it's so funny. I make jokes about this. I always speak very highly of it. Not only because I genuinely think that, um, But I think people think I say it all the time because I always want them to have me back, which I do. Jasmine, if you're listening to this, have me back again. Um, but like, yeah, it, it is. It's so well run. Like Jasmine, who runs it, she's a very good businesswoman. And I think with me, when it comes to the pole industry, I gel very well with people who are good with business and they know how to run their business properly and they know how to organize something great because that that resonates with me quite a lot. So And she is so good. She's so hot on it. Like nothing goes wrong. What country is it in, the mountain pole camp? Is it England? Austria. 
there's lots of good camps out there but I would say if I had to pick a favorite that I could only ever go to for the rest of my life it would be mountain pole camp <laughs> do you have any plans of teaching in a pole camp in a recent time well really funny I'm literally at the moment I'm I'm planning with mountain pole camp um, I'm trying to organize and see if we can um, do a pole destroyers camp there so wow. I wanted to do a pole destroyers camp at mountain pole camp so that we could do like um, a few days before her camp and then people can stay afterwards to do her camp as well if they wanted to so yeah I'm trying to organize that at the moment but but yeah so I expect to see all three of you there. Try to hold us away. Have you ever ever been to any of the Nordic countries? God, I'm trying to think, have I? Do you know what's really funny? Sometimes when I've been there and taught, I don't remember because I go to so many different places. Um, Norway, who's in Norway? Is that where Slava and Anna? That's Sweden. That's Sweden. Okay, no, I've not been there. Maybe I have been Norway. Oh God, I can't remember. But yeah, I've I've been to a couple, I think. You are more than welcome to visit us. Yes, I need to come to Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And actually we are known for having here in Norrköping Sweden's most beautiful pole studio. Oh really? Our ceiling is uh, six meters and our poles are four meters. And it's in, in the attic of an old industrial building with huge windows. Yeah, it's super beautiful. Oh my god! Wow. Well, I need to come and teach there. Message me. Let's let's sort it. I want to come now. Now you've said it. That sounds beautiful. You are listening to Polecast Sweden, and we just invited Dan Rosen to come to Adore Pole Fitness. Marlene, are you listening? Let's make it happen. About polos, how did you get that idea? Um, well, a long, a long, long time ago, I, I was like, I just always loved making memes. I really like making memes, and to be honest, I just like having a good laugh and laughing with my friends and stuff. So I've always been into memes anyway, and no one was making pole memes at the time. So I started making some, and I was posting them all on my page on Dan Rosen Pole. And then I started the Susan videos because I wanted to do some more funny content. Do you know what? I'm so tired of that bitch. No, do you know what it is? I just I haven't actually had time. I've just been so manic. But um, so yeah, so obviously I was posting poll videos, Susan videos, memes. My page just became a mash of so many different things. I was like, right, I'm gonna separate it. I'll make a meme page, and I was like, oh. What should I call it? I was like, well, it's pole and it's lols, I guess. Like, it's funny stuff. So I was like, why don't I just call it pole lols? So I called it pole lols and now it's like a force upon itself, isn't it really? But yeah, so pole lols became the meme page and stuff. Um, and I was already kind of selling merchandise at the time because I started selling merchandise because we were getting married and we needed some extra money to try and pay for our wedding. So we started merchandise and then Polos kind of became and took over the merchandise side and stuff and it's become its own separate business really. <laughs> we all have uh, shirts from Polos. Once like a thousand years ago you featured me and Silla. We were so proud because we just took a picture wearing our tops and of what, course we tagged the Polos. The Pole Hub. 
uh, sh- she was wearing the pole hub top and I was wearing uh, pole tricks, hair flicks and big dicks. Ah, and we were on our, okay. in our heels looking, were looking you super heels? sexy. Yeah, I think I remember that picture. <laughs> we need to dig that yeah, one up I was now. Say, literally, when you just said that, I was like, hold on. I actually think I remember it. Because I, I do try to share as many things as I can. But, and um, we were so proud, to be honest. Yay. You know, like, yay. And you also started doing uh, bath bumps. Bath. Bath bumps. Bath, darling. <laughs> we're, we're in England now, darling. Bath. The bath bomb thing was very random, to be honest. I mean, if the merchandise was for your wedding, was this for some kind of anniversary? Or? Yeah, right. They were just like, where did the bath bomb come from? And I was like, do you know what? I literally don't fucking know. Uh, no, I'll tell you, <laughs> the bath bomb's right. It became a thing because I, um, I was having baths almost every day, right? I was having a bath bomb every day. And I used to do a video. Every bath I had, I got a round bath bomb. And I rolled it down my legs and I did a boomerang with it. And it became a thing on my Insta stories that I just got a different bath bomb. And then I was like, oh, I need different bath bombs. So I was buying them from Lush and I was like, I'll try and buy them from another company. I looked online, I was like, oh my God, there's all these funny shaped bath bombs. So I started buying all these funny shapes, but I could never find rude ones. I could never find like penis shaped ones, vaginas, like ones that said naughty things on them. Obviously there was no pole dance ones. I was like, I'm going to see if I can get my own made. So I did. <laughs> but um, Yeah, I actually bought a few to my colleagues. Did you? Do you know what? The only thing though, the one thing I will be completely honest about, um, we love the bath bombs and we still sell them at the moment, but we're not continuing with them because the difficulty that we have is that Bath bombs are delicate. They don't travel very well. So people were getting their bath bombs. And I think if they ordered five, at least one of them might break. Um, but now we try and pack them even more delicately just so they cannot break at all. But the postal system, they just throw these boxes. And obviously when they've got delicate stuff in there, they just break. And it's um, especially when you consider it's a, a dick shape. So it's just round tube. So if it just hits it in the middle, snap, it just breaks. Then you get two for one. I need to tell people that when they message me and say it broke, I'm going to be like, listen, no, you didn't. That's not broken. You got two for one. We just gave you one extra. Oh, my God. I'm going to use that. More about the pole lols. Uh, you okay, hun, is also a, a common thing in pole lols. Have you yourself had a real pole lol fail moment? I have. Yes, I've had loads. I was... I wouldn't say I've had lots of really good ones, like funny ones. I've had some where I've fallen off and it's not been hilarious. Like I've just sort of flopped onto the floor. It just looks a bit ugly. But I have got one that's on YouTube where I literally was doing a, do you know what a needle scale is? No. It's like a contortion thing where you grab your foot from behind your head and you hold it behind your head. And I was leaning against the pole. So the pole was here in front of my face. I had my foot behind and I just lost my foot and I let go and my chin went boom right into the pole and it properly smacked into the pole. Oh God, that one is really funny. And a funny story about that, there's a website and a, a YouTube channel called Fail Army and they paid me 60 pounds to feature that on their page. So to another question that you must have gotten a million times that you would think is so fun, all three of us will actually be competing in the Swedish national Uh, in Poland, Ariel, quite soon, it's just a couple, three months away. 
uh, for me and Silla, it's the first time competing in pole fitness. What would be your number one tip? My one main top tip I would probably say is that you've got to fake it till you make it. And But when I say that, I mean, when you walk on stage in a competition, you cannot let anybody know that you are nervous because, and you have to actually try and make yourself believe that you're not nervous because I always, I always know as a judge, if I sit and I judge a competition, when people walk on, from the moment they walk on stage, I'm imagining now they're walking across and they've got their head down, they are unconfident. You can tell they are so fucking scared. And I'm like, they're just gonna, they're never gonna do this. They are never gonna get through this without a couple mistakes because they don't believe that they can do it. Whereas when you watch people like uh, Ona Cavella or like um, Alina Menina, like they walk on stage, their head is held high. They look directly at the judges or the audience and they command attention. It's like when they walk on stage, you can't not look at them because you're like, oh, fuck, like, well, they're going to be really good. You can just, and they ha- she hasn't even done anything yet. And she could be shit, maybe. <laughs> but she has walked on stage and she has, commanded that attention she has said right let's fucking go because i've worked for the last three months to make this routine amazing and you are going to watch and you're going to love this so be ready and i think it's about really believing in yourself and believing you know actually i am worthy of being on this stage and and you should watch me because i've worked really hard for this do you know what i mean and i think you've got to have that air of confidence about you so much of why I did well on stage, I know it's because I was really good at faking confidence on stage. When I walked on stage and people cheered, it fed, it fed something inside of me that made me think, right, I've got to get this really good because they are relying on me to give them a good show. So yeah, I would just say get on stage and give your best performance you can um, and try not to focus too much about what can go wrong. Focus more on the things that could go great. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's my top, top tip. My a little tip actually that I will give, and I always give this to people, is have a cloth at the side of the stage because if you're at a competition and they've got a compare speaking before you go on, you don't know how long they're going to be speaking for. They could literally say, next on is Jess. And you're like, oh fuck. And so you have to literally just go straight on. Or they could be like, oh, and did you hear about this? Blah, blah, blah. And you're standing there, your hands are sweating and you're like, oh my God, come on, hurry up. So what I do is I take a cloth, I put vodka on it and I just rub my hands onto the vodka until they're starting to say, okay, next up we have Jess and please give her a big round of applause for Jess. So then obviously like you're rubbing your hands and as they say, big, please give a big round of applause for Jess. I get my dry hands, I put it onto my hands and as I walk onto the stage, it dries. And by the time they press play, I'm ready to rock and roll. Because for me, my hands get sweaty, like when I'm nervous. So I want to make sure that as soon as I walked on stage, they are at the driest point they can be. But so many people slip on stage because they were up in the changing room, they put dry hands on and then they've walked all the way downstairs. They've waited by the side of the stage for five minutes. And this whole time, all the grip is just rubbing off because it's being rubbed onto their costume. So yeah, I'm always like, put your grip on a second before you go on. That's my other tip.
you do a lot of exotic uh, choreography. What's your favorite type of heel to dance in? I definitely prefer boots. I did a photo shoot literally just today with sandals. I just find the sandals like my feet don't look as nice in them. I just don't like the way my feet look in them. You got to remember I'm six foot tall. So I have very big feet. So when when you've got big feet, the sandal type shoes don't look quite so cute on you, which is why I like boots. So I tend to wear boots instead and boots are my favorite for sure. And how many inches do you prefer in the heel? Oh, in the heel? <laughs> oh, okay. um, yeah, so I, w- I would say eight inches and above. And again, it's not just because I want them to be really high. It's because, again, it's about body proportions for me. I've, so if you get a short girl, for example, and they've got a short heel, it can still look very nice because their body is short. When my body is so tall, if I have a short heel, it looks ridiculous on me. So eight inches and above, like eight inch or nine inches enough, like 10 is too much, but eight or nine is perfect. Eight or nine inches are perfect. Well, in the heel. (laughs) Before we end this call, could we take a selfie with you? Yeah, of course. Okay, on three. One, two, smile. It was good to see you guys and have a good weekend. You, you too. See you later. Bye. You have been listening to Podcast Sweden. Talking to Dan Rosen. Head on to our Instagram page, Podcast Sweden, and follow us. Take part of discount codes, behind the scenes material and follow us to not miss the next episode. And that's the way the bath bombs crumble. Bath bombs, darling. <laughs>